Good afternoon and welcome to Open Air and good afternoon, Jen. Good afternoon, Michael. Great to be here practicing. It is so good to be here practicing. Indeed. I was just thinking today how, I mean, how many practice calls did I get to be on today? <laughs> so good. <laughs> There's so much practice. As you always say, so many ways to connect and, and practice together. It's amazing. Yes, yes. It's a, it's extraordinary opportunity. And uh, since you asked, this is my third practice call of the day. So that's great. It is great. It's fabulous. Yep. And I have announcements here, if we're ready for that. Great. Perfect. Reflective Listening Buddies is one of our longest-lived and most popular programs for a reason. There is no other support quite like it for practicing presence, with participants required to show up for themselves and another every week for 30 minutes. A new quarter starts July 15th. And in fact, one of the practice calls we had today was a fabulous support call around that very program that's available to anyone who signed up for the program. Yes, yes. And as you say that, Jen, it reminds me how much support we have all the time for everything we're doing in practice and how that support for me kind of spills out into my life, which is a real blessing. It is. A blessing to you, and I project a blessing probably to everyone around you, because I sure notice that in my life. <laughs> yes. Yeah. 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 And is conditioning talking you out of a commitment that you really want to keep? If so, and if you would like some support, sign up for the Keeping Commitments Buddy Program, which begins July 15th. Participants will be paired with a buddy for accountability and support during this kind and compassionate training. It's another very simple and profound support for practice. Yes, yes, it's fabulous. And for these and other practice opportunities, visit livingcompassion.org. And a few reminders for today's show. If you'd like to get in the queue, to talk with Jen, please press star six and then one. And a conversation on one topic in about five minutes would be great. Okay, Jen, I think we're ready. All right. First caller, you are now live on the air, and would you please introduce yourself? Hi, Jen. Hi, Michael. This is Christina in Southern California. Hi, Christina. Hey, Christina. Hi. Um, <laughs> I'm laughing because I don't have anything to say. There's so much oh, I want to say, yet brilliant. I feel like, hmm, I don't know where to start. <laughs> yeah, I, all of those things, all of the above. I, I, <laughs> even though there's no compelling thing to say, you put yourself in the queue, which is fabulous. And then there's so much you want to say and that you don't even know where to start. There's so much. It's one of those places where um, I hardly can get on this call because I almost always have a commitment mm -hmm. at this time on Tuesdays right now. And mm -hmm. I, I always think, oh, I, if I wish I could call in because I could talk about X, Y, and Z. <laughs> right. Today I knew I could call in and, uh, and then there's yeah, everything flows right. away. <laughs> All quiet. Nothing here. No. Mm -mm -mm. <laughs> yeah. And uh, and so I know one of the places that I had been looking in practice is um, is in the morning show how we're looking at all all one that you know mm -hmm. it's, it's all one mm -hmm. one is all. Um, mm -hmm. that thou art, <laughs> you know? mm -hmm. and how that plays out for me in communication with others, mm. in, particular, in particular people with whom I'm really close and that I, um, you know, would say that I love unconditionally and um, mm -hmm. get, to, get to communicate with every day, <laughs> mm -hmm. otherwise known as my immediate family. <laughs> right, right. The people that are yeah. in your right in your immediate environment day in, day out, and how that, that experience of oneness 
plays out in communication, how that or how that relates to communicating with those folks. Yeah, and really getting clear that so often my communication, in fact, almost always my communication interaction with them is really from a, especially with my kids, is well, mostly with my kids, is from a, um, you know, I need to be able to teach you, you know, I'm responsible mm-hmm. for teaching you X, Y, and Z, which is a very separate place, you know, especially mm-hmm. when I'm listening to them and mm-hmm. it's hard for me to get into a place of, um, gosh, of, of not trying to help, if that makes sense. Uh-huh. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. So feeling like with your kids especially, that sense of responsibility for teaching them something and that that can bring up that, that sense of separateness. And then say again the last part, Christina, that you just said. Yeah. Yeah. So um, for me, it's almost always that when I'm listening to them, it's like instead of just being and, you know, and even just reflecting, let's say, there's yeah. this, like, immediate turn to, okay, how can I help them? What can right. I say that will help them? Because, you know, I'm talking about when yeah. a child is suffering, you know, when they're yeah. trying to yeah. express something and they don't have the words. And my kids are big, yeah. but, they're, but still, it's, I mean, life mm-hmm. is complicated and they often sure. don't have the words or even understand what they're going through. And, yeah. um, and I, yeah, I just have been having, I, I've recognized that I have difficulty. Sometimes mm-hmm. I think I am being, you know, I am here with them, but often I'm mm-hmm. really just thinking about how to fix it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, and I, I project that's huge to see that because that can be one of those things that sort of hides in plain sight, but that it sounds like, you know, as we're talking about the, in the year-long retreat so much, there's that skill that we're building of just noticing. And so it sounds like as you're in conversation with your kids, you're beginning to just notice what goes on with you. And one of those things being that there's really this, instead of just a pure listening, you know, possibly reflecting, you go to a sense of feeling like you need to help them, that you're responsible for teaching them something, and that it feels like that starts to create that separation. Yeah. Yeah, and it's so in the, the and so that's exactly right. Like I've, even since I voiced that last week on the call, I've been mm-hmm. able to spot it more regularly, and um, it's so beautiful to see it in this place because I want to call out this... Um, th- this this way in which I've parented where I feel, mm-hmm. I feel, and it feels the important word here, I feel like I'm being present, you know, being present mm-hmm. with my kids and mm-hmm. being really clear about, no, I, you know, I can, I can sense now, and this is not like judgment or anything, but I, I'm so happy mm-hmm. to be able to see that there has been, you know, something else at play that I, I wasn't able to identify until now. And that, yeah. that of course, yeah. <laughs> well, and that's so huge, Christina, to be able to have that relationship with the seeing. Oh, I'm so glad that I'm getting to see these layers that I didn't see before. So it sounds like not going to a place of judgment or self-hate with it, but almost like having the relationship with your own process that you're really wanting to have with your kids' process. Which is, oh, I don't, I don't need to now come in and fix something about Christina or help her in some way, but just to be patient and, and with that process in the same way it sounds like you're wanting to cultivate that with your kids. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> that was beautiful, Jen. Thank you. Thank you so mm. much. Yeah, well, I mean, it really is what you laid out, right? It's just that same, it's how we always, I project, it's how we always want to be. It's how we always want to be. And the the conditioning is so ingrained to, like, come at it in whatever way each of us habitually comes at it that it can hide from us for a really long time. And then often as we start to become aware of it, the way the voices want us to go back to sleep is to beat us with it. 
but to have that relationship with it that you're describing of thank you forget for allowing me to see this because with that attitude of mind it will unfold it's just how it happens exactly yeah and yeah. and with a uh, a sangha as supportive as this one <laughs> yeah yeah and, yeah and a beautiful teaching thank you mhm mm. thank you christina so happy so happy gasho thanks for joining us christina that's the truth jen very supportive sangha it's uh fabulous yeah, I mean, wasn't it, was it just this morning on the, yeah, the morning call, um, that, you know, if we can't, we're carried by Sangha, essentially. Yes. And yes. that there's always someone who's up to it, and always someone who's going to say the thing that we needed to hear just at the time we needed to hear it, and, you know, we drift off, we come back, but Sangha as a whole, it was that chorus image, right? Yes. That the chorus is always singing, even if for a moment I'm taking that breath. And as, I, as Sherry pointed out, yeah, we're encouraged to take that breath. Not <laughs> only is it, well, all right, if you have to take a breath now, no, take the breath. Take as many breaths as you need. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're here. Beautiful. And we have another caller here, Jen. All right. Next caller, you are now live on the air, and would you please introduce yourself? Hi. Hi. Who's this? Okay. I wasn't sure if it was me. Yeah, um, my name is Juan. Um, I'm from Ecuador, and Hi, this Juan. is my first time in the call. Welcome. And, and yeah, I, I don't know. I'm going, um, I'm, I have read, like, most of Terry's books. They are amazing. Uh-huh. I love what she's trying to share with the world. And uh-huh. no, I just um I wanted to join in the call, and I just wanted to ask um well maybe the question that comes to myself at the moment is um are there any other tips to stay more present in the moment because you know um the conditioning is always trying to kick back in and rain everything and yes. I don't know um yeah. I don't know I I'm I'm happy and welcome and open to um hear any suggestions from both of you yeah and also i yeah. want to know if terry uh-huh. is here you want to know if sherry what if, if sherry is here in this call usually so sherry often facilitates um open air the uh-huh. tuesday evening radio show um mm-hmm. not always but she often does and so one this is your first time calling in is it also your first time listening to this radio show to the open air radio show yes yes Oh, fabulous. You are in for a treat. <laughs> so, yes. So, um, I hope uh, I hope you'll be able to put it on your regular schedule. Sherry often does facilitate. Um, and Michael, uh, years, decades ago at this point, um, set this radio show up for all of us, for Sangha. And so we have on our website, we have literally hundreds of archives of the radio show. Okay. And so I would welcome you to, to look those up. Do you know our website? Are you familiar with yes, livingcompassion.org? Yes, yes, yes. Livingcompassion.org, yes. okay. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yes. I'm, I'm Okay, familiar. good. <laughs> yes. Okay, excellent, excellent. And so, Juan, let me ask you um, in terms of, first of all, you're having the right experience. It is incredibly challenging. The, the voices in your head have no interest in you spending time being present at all and are going to give a ton of pushback on that for sure and as you've read sherry's books what resonates for you in terms of how you practice with that in terms of wanting to keep your attention in the present moment well so um it was kind of a journey right now i am going through the one that uh it's called suffering is optional but i also did mm. read the fear book and there is nothing wrong with you that was the first one and uh, what can I say? Um, what resonates for me was like the acceptance of everything that's mm-hmm. happening in your life at the moment is actually yep. exactly where you're supposed to be and what you're supposed yep. to be doing. So that calms down a little bit of the anxiety and the voices for sure. And then yep. also uh, meditating, it helps, uh, or taking a breath 
uh, whenever I'm feeling mm-hmm. overwhelmed, I stop, I take a breath, and I process whatever I'm feeling, and then I go through with my day. Um, yeah, so mm-hmm. that's why I want to give some tips for feeling better, and also the fear. Sometimes, you know, the trauma from childhood, it also, like, yep. it kicks yep. in, and, and the voices get really loud, and you think things are yep. going to happen. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, a few things occurred to me as you're talking. Um, are you familiar with recording and listening? Um, yeah, I, I think um, it's from. The, I I don't do it often. Um, I don't okay. know why, yeah. but I she did. It, it was in the fear book, I think, and also in there is nothing wrong okay. with you. That I did yeah. record myself talking a little bit about like it was talking to myself, right? Yeah. Well, what I often hear Sharon say when you just said, you know, I don't do it very often. I'm not sure why. And what I've often heard Sherry say to folks when they say something like that is, well, it's not a big mystery why we don't do it often because the voices hate it. Because it really, over time, it becomes a way for us to practice the essential tool that we're practicing in awareness practice, which is how to direct the attention. Uh And that, you know, what I don't know if you've kind of come to this place in, in reading Sherry's books, but what we start to see is, wow, those voices in our head, they're directing the attention all the time. And mostly they're directing it to negativity, to what's wrong with me, what shouldn't be happening, anxiety, oh, God, this is going to happen, oh, what if this, you know, I can't believe you said that, you know, whatever it is. That's, they're directing our attention all the time. And it's very, very challenging to go up against that without some kind of very concrete tool. And the recording and listening is a very concrete tool. And one of the other websites that we have is recordingandlistening.org. So all written out, recording and listening, all one word, .org. And that has a whole beautiful group of exercises to practice with, um, You know, yeah, I don't want to give it away, but all kinds of things that are on there. And we often um, offer a recording and listening class, which I don't think there's one currently on the schedule, but before long we'll probably have the next one on the schedule. Mm -hmm. And those are really, in addition to, as you mentioned, sitting meditation, Mm -hmm. those are really great ways to train with directing the attention to, Mm -hmm. to allowing us to keep attention in the present moment. Mm-hmm. Okay, recording and listening. Okay, I'm going to check yep. that one out. That org. You yep. Said, right? yep. Okay. And you know, the other thing that occurred to me as you were talking is you were mentioning that one of the things that's really resonated for you is acceptance. And to realize that everything that goes on with us that is happening in our lives is profoundly okay. And that I think you said for you, that's really allowed you to let go of some of the anxiety about how, you know, sort of that that comparison that often happens for many of us of how it is versus how I'm, I'm told it should be. And that can create that anxiety and that the acceptance, it really assists with that. And I know for me in my own practice that um, bringing that acceptance to my awareness practice is really helpful. So not making it into a contest of when I'm present, that's good, and when I'm not present, that's bad. Mm. So to realize that it's, I'm learning a new skill here. And so it's all right. Sometimes I'm going to be present and sometimes I'm not, and that's all right. It's all okay. All right. Thank you for that. I really appreciate it. <laughs> mm. Yeah, I do too. <laughs> it's, it really is the thing for me that, I think it's most transformed my life is um, you mentioned There Is Nothing Wrong With You as one of the books you've read. But that profound teaching that I think is very unique to this particular practice and to what Sherry has written about, which is that realization that it's all okay, all of it, exactly how it happens for us is all right. Yes, that was really pain. That was a pain healer um, at one point Mm. in my life. (laughs) Mm. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Truly. Well, thank you so much for calling in, and I, I hope no, that you will you. continue to do that. Space. I hope I can. I'm going to definitely make it something um, that I Please. do every Tuesday. So thank you so much. Please. And I'll yeah, check out the two of you suggested. 
I really appreciate it. Okay. Excellent. Thank you so much for joining us today, Juan. Take good care. You too. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. Thanks for joining us, Juan. And uh, that was a delightful conversation, Jen. Really enjoyed that. I know. Don't we all love it so much when we hear from folks who, you know, have found have started to fall in love with the same thing that we're all in love with? <laughs> it's so yeah. great. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Beautiful. And Jen, we're going to go to good news update now, and then we'll come back and talk with more callers. Okay. Sounds good. Welcome to Good News Updates with Living Compassion. I'm pleased to be joined by Anna, who is here to speak with us about the process of following life's lead in an endeavor to support the project in Africa. Welcome, Anna. Hi, Jen. Thank you for having me. Oh, thank you for being with us. It's lovely. So maybe you could tell us a little bit about, um, you know, wherever you want to start. I know there's a content piece to it in terms of what it is that life led you to, but also we'd love to hear about the process of how all of it unfolded. Okay, yes. Um, So um, I recently in my life um, have some extra time. Um, So this was around uh, Christmas time. And I, I, you know, I work as an artist um, and I was thinking about what I can offer. and I was talking with a neighbor and and we just sort of um she 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 likes she likes to draw she likes to you might say just dabble dabble in in drawing um uh and she 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 really loves loves to draw and and we both sort of seem to say at the same time um you know that to have support to draw just what we love as opposed to if you go to an art class or an art course um there's um um you know sort of um uh, you know you, you need to draw this and you need to do it in such and such a way and mm-hmm. and and i i just think it'd be really nice just to draw what, what you really love and yes. and and so uh, i just decided just to set that up w- with me and her just just sort of there and then I didn't know what it was going to look like Mm. um uh, but as I say I had this time and Mm -hmm. and and so um so 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 it just came in um to maybe do something just once a week that was really just for a short period of time say between five and twenty five and thirty minutes Um, Mm. and it would just be drawing what you love and so, you know, my neighbor said, yay. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> she said, perfect. Yeah. Yes, please. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. So that was just the first bit, and I was really happy. I was like, yeah, this is really great. And then, um, it's, and then it, 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 it's strange because um, it's, I can't remember exactly that there was, um, you know, sort of one thing and then one thing. I sort of, I, I was just sort of going about about my life, and then just sort of things just dropped in, um, and a, a couple of other people came on board as well, mm. and mm. it just sort of grew or, organically. Only a few. It's only a, you know just just a few people, um, mm. and I thought, oh, it'd be really good to maybe um, set up a blog and and I will just you know get just get anyone to send me their pictures and I will put them on the blog there's not any names attached or anything like that and it was and it's just um and it's not about um how good the artwork is or anything like that it's just about using art just to be just to be with what we love um Mm. and and then just and like and then just something dropped in and and it was imagine if we just drew if everybody drew loads and loads of pictures of what they loved and and we just put them all next to each other and they went right around the world and we'd have you know spread love around the world um and i thought we oh maybe we could do that um and so i did start to do that but just i did start to do that and then Fairly recently, I've realized that that is really, really unrealistic, and I'm only really going to get to the bottom of my road in about five years. But, but, but what, what dropped in 
was that um, it, it just sort of seemed to drop in to do it as a donation to the Africa Project on a monthly basis. Um, <laughs> so, so, so that just dropped in, and just a really, just a, just a really small donation, um, and okay. people can donate what they like. Um, so I just said, okay, if you if you want to join this, it's going to be two pounds a month, and then mm. at the end of every month, uh, we'll see what we've got, and then we'll make that donation, and mm. and that's it really, and that's what people yeah. have been doing, and I'm just trying to think. I think we've been doing it since. Oh, I'm just trying to think. One, I can't actually remember how, when we started. But I've been taking it really, really slowly because I didn't really know what I was doing um, with um, um, my website. I didn't really know how to put a blog on it, and I did put the blog on, but it wasn't really doing what I would have liked it to have done. So I've just been taking that really slowly, and I've been learning a lot about um, how to do a website and how to how to do a blog with, within that, and and, and things like that, and how to collect money. Um, yes. And, and it's so great, isn't it, Anna? Because the whole thing is, I mean, it really is. I just had this image, as you were saying, that you're taking it solely. We're learning to tune into life. So you're not doing it, you know, the way you describe it, so, right? It's not this sort of like, okay, I'm going to do this thing, and i got to come up with an idea. But rather, there's that intention of, ah, you know, what a, I'd love to do something for the Africa Project, you know, this project that I really love. And then mm. you start to see, ah, well, what else do I love? I love art. I love art. And, and then it just, you start talking to your neighbor and you and your neighbor decide, hey, what if, what if people got to just do art, just create art for what they love, right? Not have to do it in a certain way or in a certain, you know, subject, but just, just create art around what we love. And then as you do that and you just take it slowly, oh, hey, you know, we could put this up on a blog and people could share their artwork and it could be anonymous and just a place to share what they're loving to create. And then the two things come together, right? And, oh, this could be, I could have a little donation. People could participate in the art part of it. And also they get a chance to learn about the project, I'm guessing, you know, and they're invited to, to donate to that and the two pounds that they pay to be part of this goes to Africa. And that's, that's how things unfold. I mean, that's how the whole project in Cantalomba unfolded, right? Just one tiny step. Oh, okay. <clears throat> Excuse me. This step, now this step, now this step. And it's just that willingness and, and inspiration and enthusiasm to be here for this step and to do what life is asking us to do in it. Yes. Yes. That's it. You've, you've, you've said all of that perfectly yes um it, yeah yeah and so the, the two things uh, within that um so the, the first month that i did it and and so so yeah and it was just you know this is just going to just be this amount of money because um i think i think sometimes what can come to mind is oh i've got to raise hundreds and thousands of pounds which means exactly. immediately i'm not going right. to do anything <laughs> exactly <Yeah>. exactly <laughs> that's that's not you know, we think that's, oh, you know, that's so great and, you know, isn't that wonderful that I want to raise so much money. But it's actually the way Conditioned Mind is coming in to put the kibosh on the whole thing because that's going to be way too hard. That's not where we are right now. And so maybe that will happen at some point. But right now, here's where we are. And so, yeah. Yeah, that, that's it. Absolutely. I have been doing it on a right now basis. You know, this is right now mm. and... You know, maybe in the future it won't be this, but right now this is it, and I'm just just going to keep going. And so the first month that um, we made the donation was honestly so exciting, you know. And you know, I, I, I think it worked out on it at about oh just over twenty dollars, but it was just so exciting, even so. And and um, and so when I did that, um, the email that I get from Living Compassion, I for I forwarded that to, to the little group and oh, and did a link so every month that I do that I always forward the receipt uh, because of course I'm yeah. being um, careful that everybody knows that this is where the money has gone uh, so, yeah. so they get that yeah. sense then so they can click on anything on that but I always whenever there's an opportunity I always link to the Africa project in my communications mm. with, with the little group and mm. and then because um, and they've been they've been 
really brilliant and many of them are you know doing they are doing a drawing every week just a you know mm. a, a sort of a mindful drawing every week of really mm. interesting things um mm. such as a vacuum cleaner attachment you know like when has that ever mm-hmm. been drawn before but it's been drawn right. for us um, oh, right. and then <laughs> there's some really and, and somebody's drawn her torch this week because it helps her when she goes out to feed her hens and you know to put her hens away at night time it, it's just mm. you know because these are the things that we love and we might not yeah. necessarily think about it but we do love them but yeah. so yeah. Just going back to the donation when I make the donation because I am doing it every month um, but it's not a standing donation it's different I'm really participating in that. It's not just automatically going out of my account. I'm physically mm. transferring mm. all these bits of money from my PayPal accounts, which was what for now I have decided would work and mm-hmm. they'd be transparency mm-hmm. and everybody could see that, you know, mm-hmm. it could come in. So I'm sort of physically mm-hmm. doing that and so I'm really conscious and really aware every time I'm making those donations. Mm-hmm. Mm, I just it's, love it, and I, I, yeah. Sorry, was there more? No, no, no. <laughs> well, I was just saying, I, I see we're up um, against our time, yes. but I just yes. love the process mm. of what you're saying because, I mean, you know, so excited about that first donation. Everyone gets to see it. They get to see the receipt, and you know, yeah. If if the idea, if the conditioned idea is, well, we have to raise hundreds of thousands of dollars, then twenty dollars seems like nothing. But if we go to that starfish story that we all love so much, $20 is going to feed a number of children that month, right? Mm-hmm. So think of those children, their actual daily experience, the experience of their, their families, especially I always think of their moms. What a relief that must be to their moms that their kids are eating, right? They're actually being nourished. And so to remember that, you know, each of those dollars or pounds, depending on where you are, or quacha, as the case may be in Gambia, it really truly is making a very direct difference. And so that process of what you're talking about, of, of using what's in our lives, for you it's art, right? You love art, you teach mm. art, you, you have that gift to give to others. You're essentially facilitating other people into a process that you love, and then all of that translates into a, a, a currency, if you will, that can be used to send that love to feed children in Africa, you know, in Zambia. It's just mm. everything about it is so lovely. Mm. It is. It, it is everything you just said, Jen. It's a really lovely project, and um, it's a really good way of helping to keep the Africa project in the forefront of my mind as well. Yes. So, so yes. Yes. yes, yes, yeah. Well, thank you so much for everything that you're doing, and thank you for being with us today to talk about it. Oh, it's my pleasure. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Anna. Take good care. Thank. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, Jen. Take care. Bye-bye. Gasho. Bye-bye. Gasho. And welcome back to Open Air. And Jen, if that's not the definition of goodness and practice, I don't know what it is. That was extraordinary. Oh, good. I, for, I recorded that earlier so that poor Anna wouldn't have to be up, you know, deep into the middle of the night to be with yeah. us. And I just was, as I was listening, I was reminded again, I love that. I'm doing this on a right now basis. I love that phrasing that she used. Yeah, I'm doing this whole project on a right now basis. That's so great. So fun. For folks who aren't familiar with the starfish story, do you want to repeat that again? Sure. Yeah, so that's just that that quick... um, yeah, just quickly, sort of that parable of, you know, all these starfish wash up on the shore um, after a big storm. And so one person starts throwing them back into the ocean so that they're not going to, you know, dry up and die on the shore. And, you know, there's whatever, thousands of them. And someone else passes the person on the shore and says, you know, why bother? How, how can that make a difference? You know, you're never going to put a dent in this. And the person picks up the next starfish, throws it into the ocean, and says, we'll make a difference for that one. Yes. 
Yes, yeah. absolutely, absolutely. One of my favorite stories. Yeah. Yeah, genius. And Jen, we have more callers here. All right, great. Next caller, you are now live on the air, and would you please introduce yourself? Hey, Jen and Michael. This is Diane in Colorado. Hi, Diane. Hey, Diane. Hey. Well, um, Mary encouraged me to call in to talk about her favorite subject, parenting. I see we already uh-huh. started with that theme a bit um, okay. this evening. Yeah. And yeah. maybe you know her whole thing on that. <laughs> I was calling for some support for... Uh, you know, ch- uh, you're calling for support. Is that what you said? Yeah, around parenting a teen. I think parenting is always a a labor of love, and there's a lot of joy in it. And there's a lot of, particularly in the teen years, there's just a lot of uncertainty and. Uh, challenge around really holding limits and that sort of thing. Really holding, what was that last part? Limits. Yes. Uh-huh. Yep. And so basically reaching out for some support around that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because it is incredibly challenging. Yeah. I mean, you know, as we were alluding to earlier in that conversation, that the the people who are most the closest to us, both who we love the most and who are so close to us in proximity on a day-to-day basis, that's incredibly challenging. And then you add being a teenager into the mix, unbelievably challenging. And so it sounds like, in particular, one of the things that you're really looking at is how to be with really the need, we could say, the responsibility of the parent to be the one to set the limits. Yeah, and to deal uh, with the fury that can ensue. The, I missed that one word. The fury. The what? The fury, yeah, yeah, yeah. And do you have ways, well, first of all, do you, yeah, well, let me let me start there. Do you have ways to support yourself when that does happen? Well, I record and listen a fair amount, and I, mm-hmm. um, yeah, and then I'll have that just running in a loop, and sometimes I'll do that um, before when I know when I when it seems reasonably likely that. Um, there's going to be outrage and it's just hard to be around that and I really don't want to meet outrage with outrage. (laughs) That doesn't help. Um, So sometimes beforehand I'll record something and listen to that on the loop and sometimes after it happens I'll do the same thing to just... Uh keep me a little centered and not um, not bought into the whole thing. Yeah. And, and not taking it personally is a lot of it. Yeah, that's huge. That was really coming up for me as you were talking too. And not to put you on the spot, Diane, so if, you know, if it doesn't feel appropriate to answer, that's fine. But I was just looking at what kinds of things are you finding are reassuring and helpful to go in those recordings? Like, what is it that you really need to hear when that's leading up to it or in the middle of it happening or after it happening? Um, that it won't last uh, and that it's not your fault that she's upset. Yes, yes. And yeah. Um, yeah, without, those are the two things that are popping up, but of course there's more. Yeah, but that's so, I mean, those two things are so big, aren't they? That it won't last, because it won't. I mean, 
you can see that, you know, we can see that from the outside. You know, she's a teenager, and boy, before you blink, she's going to be, you know, graduating and going on to whatever she's going on to. But in the moment, it does. It feels like it's forever. It's always been this way. It will always be this way. Just like every process we're in, right? We talk about the with depression, our anxiety. One of the hallmarks of that is it feels like it's always been this way, and it always will be. So there's another example of it. There you are in a really hard situation with your daughter, and it feels like it's always been this way. It always will be. So that reassurance of, you know, it's not going to last forever, and that it's not your fault. I mean, back to the not taking it personally, you know, that place almost like what we were talking about with Juan, to realize that this is something that happens for everyone and that there's no way around it, right? There's no way, no perfect parent way you can be that would make this not happen. No, the only way to make it not happen is to just let your kid do whatever they want. And, and that's not good parenting. No, and you know what? I mean, talking now we're back to the conversation with Christina. That's exactly the same process we're doing in practice with ourselves internally, isn't it? Because what happens when we basically say to the voices, no, you can't just have this human being and run roughshod over her to ourselves internally, the voices go crazy. They won't have it, right? No, I'm going to control her. I'm going to, right? And so, I mean, who could blame us so much of the time? You know, we want to throw in the towel and just say to the voices, great, have it all your way. I'm not going to try anymore. I'm not going to stay in the game. And we see people do that, you know, it, because it's challenging to go up against those voices. It's very similar to the process you're talking about. As a parent, you love your daughter. You want what's best for her. You realize that you are the grown-up, which is incredibly challenging, right? You're the person who does have the role of holding those limits, of, you know, deciding this, deciding that to the best of your ability, looking to see what seems like the best thing for her right now because she doesn't yet have that larger perspective. And there is going to be pushback on that. It's just how it works. That's the setup for sure. I, you blipped out for a minute for me. Can you say that once again, Diane? Oh, I'm sorry. That's the setup, right? That it is. Parents set limits. Kids go ballistic. Um, and the thing that this was, yeah. Anyway, and, uh, that's just the cycle that happens sometimes. Say that, sorry, say that one sentence again. You're blipping out for me a little bit. Sorry. Um, that's just the cycle that happens sometimes. Yes, exactly. That's just the cycle that happens sometimes. And, and it seems to be, I mean, I've also heard Sherry say before, um, oh, how does she phrase it? Something like um, an abusive childhood is redundant just the process of, of us being socialized, there's just trauma in it. No matter how much we're loved, no matter how much we're in a great situation with great parents, with we have plenty to eat, we have plenty, just bottom line, period, to become a conditioned, a socialized human being, there is trauma in that process. Absolutely. Right? And so, so you get to those teenage years and all that stuff is in there and that's a huge transition time and there you are as the parent your role is to set the limits and to keep kind of holding up those block dots to help her you know start to find her way and there's there's gonna you know that's what those things are gonna happen and I think that key piece as you were just saying are those two things not taking that personally not thinking that it has anything to do with you you know, it's not because of you. It's not because of how you're parenting. That's just part of what happens. And that it's sort of the, you know, this too shall pass. It's not going to be forever. Yeah, what ego gets me doing is second-guessing mm. decisions and then 
um, the ever popular "You're a Bad Parent." Yeah, yeah. Well, and that is that not such a perfect place to set limits? So yeah. you're just as responsible, if not maybe even more, to setting those limits for Diane. Because essentially, what you're doing with your daughter is you're wanting her to be loved, cared for, safe, right? You want the best for her. And you would, one of the limits you would set is, no, people don't get to abuse her. Same thing internally. No, right? Oh, you're a bad parent. You could have done better. That decision, no. That's a limit to set. That's off limits. You can't do that to her. You can't be that way with her. Yeah, that, that way of talking about it is helpful. And just that place. Oh, sorry, go ahead. No, no, I was just wondering if um, I'm blipping out again on you. I think so. Yeah, I did miss it. I can't tell if it's me or you, to tell you the truth. I am. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you. This was helpful. Mm, well, thank you. And I, you know, I know you will, but to keep calling in about it, keep the conversation going. I think it would be great to call in another night when Sherry is facilitating to continue the conversation because, as I think she said to you, it's one of her favorite topics. So I'm sure she'd have other things to say on, on it as well. And, you know, I think someone was just saying on the show this morning. Did you hear the show, this morning's show? Yes. Yeah, where that person was saying, you know, struggling with her teenager and hearing that theme from a lot of people in Sangha. And so I predict it's helpful for everyone to hear all the different perspectives on it, to hear that it is such a common struggle, and that there are so many... Um, there, the applications are broad. The themes are not just for parenting your teenager, that when people call in to talk about that, it's such a clear content example of a process that happens in a lot of places for a lot of us. So I, I feel like there's a generosity in people calling in and sort of um, talking about that particular thing with all of us and continuing to, to work through it because, you know, it's not going to go away. It's going to be there. <laughs> no, it's not. Yeah. It's going to keep, you know, it's not going to magically clear up. It's, it's going to continue to be a challenge. Okay. Well, thank you for that invitation, and thank you for your thoughts tonight. Thank you, Diane. Take good care. Right. You too. Good night. Bye-bye. Thanks for joining us, Diane. And again, I'll echo what you said, Jen, the generosity of talking about this topic, which I can closely relate to. <laughs> So, yes. Yeah. Yeah, truly. I mean, yeah, it's so, I think I was saying it to Juan, but it's so reassuring, just that information that, oh, okay, really, like, if you have a teenager, you have this struggle, period. You know, so there's nothing wrong with it. It just is the thing that happens. Yes. Yes, exactly. Yeah. yeah. And Jen, we have another caller here. All right, great. Next caller, you are now live on the air, and would you please introduce yourself? Hi, Jen and Michael. This is Patty in Vancouver. Hey, Patty. Hi, Patty. Hi. Um, I, I, I don't have anything burning, but I so often wanted to talk about the new monastery location and um, my excitement from way back when about um, the opportunity for these indigenous plants. Um, I read braiding sweetgrass and this mm -hmm. whole idea of the property and where it, how it was cared for and sold, the 320 acres. Mm. And um, I, I'm, I'm just, I'm really excited. 
about the new property and the pictures that I've seen in the uh, in the blog and mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Um, when I heard it was going to be closer to where I live, I got so excited about coming and helping and wanting to stuff and do stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, I echo everything you just said, Patty. Everything. I mean, yeah. The the enthusiasm of, you know, what's before us, it truly feels like, wow, everything is possible. And the way we're going about it, you know, just that amazing way of Sangha pitching in on all kinds of fronts. You know, the the knowledge that people have, the process of sharing all of it, you know, the way that the monastery ended up, the monastery in Murphy's ended up being stewarded by an amazing group of folks who are going to continue on and probably even deepen that relationship with the land and, yeah, learning about the new, okay, where are we now, Squim, and what's native to Squim, and, oh, it's it's thrilling. And, as you say, you know, so fun to be so neighbors with all our folks in Canada that used to be far flung, and now they're, you know, right close neighbors, and, yeah, there's just mm-hmm. and, and Sister Phil's, I so enjoyed and would enjoy even more hearing about the the building of uh, seven years to build a building. You know, it's about that process and it's not about yeah. the end product. And yeah. There's, yeah, there's just so much in that that um, I resonate about living your values. And mm. Sherry, every time she writes about the new property and different things she's found, and oh, yeah. I just, it just so resonates with values I have. And how I want mm. to walk in this life. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's such a gift, isn't it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I'm with you again on the, I could listen to Sister Phil and Sherry talk about the history of the monastery being built forever. <laughs> I hope maybe one day they'll do a, a longer recording on it. Who knows? Because there are tons of stories about that. Mm-hmm. And what's so fun is in many ways we're here again. Right? We have this yeah. this place in Squim and, and it's it's just there. Just wait I was gonna say waiting to be a monastery, but I suppose in many ways, because it, you're underlining the process is really the thing. It is a monastery. And what's it you know, what are the components gonna be and how is that gonna look and yeah, it's and it's so fun that those of us who are here now get to be really have that same experience of being of participating in creating it. Well, and it, it's like with an open mind and open heart that there's, you know, okay, well, what's the possibilities, you know, and, you know, to to what's going to be built, and I don't know, it's so exciting. It's so exciting. You know what, and I was reading um, Ashwini's beautiful recent musings article where she talks, she, you know, she taught that beautiful description of walking through the monastery gate and coming down the road and, you know, just that whole coming to meditation and saying how that's no longer going to be our path to meditation, but that the, that same process is with us. And as I was reading it, Patty, I was just smiling because many of the tiny details that she included in there, like the the meditation sign that sits at the bottom of the pine tree to point up towards, you know, the meditation hall or the bell that, you know, gets rung to, for meditation or the bench that you sit on to change your shoes, to, you know, take your shoes off, to put them on the rack before you go in the hall. Many of those things made the move with us. And so I just was reading that thinking every one of those, those little particular things are going to have a home in a new way in this place. Yeah. And and when I when I read that, it's kind of like um the a poet and who articulates these things that I can almost put myself into and I remember the walking and the doing these things that were written that I felt like I was there and yeah. back there or remembering that and yeah, it just kind of um, really hits the heart. It does. 
Well, amen as you said that, combining it with the blogs that Sherry's writing about the process of the new place unfolding. It's so amazing, isn't it? That, and even, you know, there are folks who never saw the monastery in Murphy's, and there will be people who will never see the place in the mm-hmm. But with that mm-hmm. writing and with the radio shows and with the, all of it that we share and that, again, you know, the process that we're all pointing to, there's a way in which you, you don't need to be there in order to have the experience, in order to be, to actually participate yeah. in it, to be part of it. Yeah. And and you do get the energy from um, yeah. hearing about it. Yeah. 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 Truly. Because it is and, and what I wanted to say was I, I think I, on one radio show, I was talking to Michael and Sherry about how I felt so close to them because I made it a practice to go back to the very first um, archives of open air. Oh, yeah. And I, every day I would just listen to a different one. And, and I was hearing wow. about the monastery and her going to um, the... Uh, uh, St. Francis of Assisi in Italy for a while and doing these different things. And so when I heard Sister Phil uh, uh, talking about the monastery, I, I had heard it, you know, it, when I was yeah. going through the archives and so interested wow. then. And um, yeah, so it's kind of fun um, revisiting that. And now it's come to fruition to make this change and the possibility of something new here and I know whatever will happen and, and you know it may take years before there are any retreats or people can come but I, I still am excited and holding it in my heart you know whenever that happens yeah yeah, yeah. well and that is really fun I I want to do that. <laughs> I never thought about how not only in those radio show archives is there so, I mean, hours and hours and hours and hours of practice and inspiration and support, but also there's history there too. That's, yeah. That's such a beautiful point. Yeah. 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 So thank you so much. And um, oh, thank you, Patty. Yeah. I, I'm just so grateful to our practice and everyone who takes care of everything and the move and how everything went smoothly and here we are in this moment. And yeah, here we are in this moment. I mean, truly. I mean, I was just looking at that today of how huge it all is and how, well, it takes me back to um, Anna's thing. I'm doing this on a right now basis. <laughs> we could mm-hmm. never have done. I mean, back to, okay, let's build this giant rammed earth building none of us has any idea how to do it we don't have you know we don't have the big fancy equipment that's going to make it go fast you know i mean if we had looked at that if they had looked at that whole thing no way but doing it on a right now basis yeah we can do that (laughs) yeah it can be done and then there it is a beautiful Mm -hmm. beautiful monastery infused with love that we used for decades and is now in the hands of a wonderful group of people who are going to get to do amazing things with it, and we get the great fun of doing that process again. Mm-hmm. How, how, how much better can it get? How much better can it get? Exactly. I guess we'll find out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Thank you, Jen. Thanks, Thank Michael. Thank you, Patty. Thanks for calling in. You're welcome. Thanks for joining us, Patty. And uh, that was another fabulous conversation, Jen. I don't know how it happens, but everyone, every conversation is a fabulous one. So I that's know. great. It is great. It's so fun to, I think, again, that came up on the morning show, to just have this group of people to have this kind of fun with. And, you know, we share so many of the same inspirations. And, and I really, it's so fun that people really do feel that, that level of inclusion, you know, even if they're not physically doing it. I love it that people feel that level of inclusion and that they come on and talk about it. And yeah, it's so fun. It really does underscore how every kind of participation is part of it. Yes, yes, yes. 
especially when it's done on a right now basis, as we are. Especially <laughs> when it's on a right now basis, exactly. Huh? Yeah. That's beautiful. All right. So thank you, Jen, and thank you, everyone. It was a fabulous show, and uh, go happy. It was, and, and thank you, Michael, as always. Yeah, You're welcome. Happy. Go happy. Bye-bye. Bye.